0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before God, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this privilege to be in this place that Your hand has outlined for the worship of Your Holy Name. And so allow Your inheritance in the name of the covenant of blood to be lifted to unreachable heights to us and to break all evil and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, ignorance, all of this. Let it depart from the tents of your holy nation and stand, Lord, in the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit. Fill us with your Holy Spirit and allow us to find your holy countenance. May the service be presented into your divine arms. Guide it with your uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated. The unchanging
1: epigraph of our study of the unsearchable inheritance that is in Jesus Christ. The book of Luke 24:44 then Jesus said to his disciples this is what I told you while I was still with you everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses the prophets and the psalms. Saying these words Jesus was taken from their sight within a cloud they continued to look up and then two angels appeared to them and said men of galilee why is it that you stand and watch the very same jesus that was taken from you will return in the same way how you saw him leave this says that of the speaks of the fact that rapture will happen quietly unnoticeably and suddenly just as it was with christ there's not going to be any disasters nothing is going to happen because of it it won't be that a, a person is driving a car god will take him and the car keeps going that's not going to happen before we will be raptured every one of us will be knowing specifically that they will be raptured today in the last day we will know this just as elijah in that last day he knew god would take him from the earth he told elisha today god will take me ask what you would like and he said the power that's upon you allow it to be upon me but a, a, a double portion you ask for much he said but if you see this occur I be, when I will be taken, then it will be hap- it will happen for you. And so then, as they were walking, then the chariot to- uh, appeared, and Elijah was transformed. He cast off his mantle from himself that was made of camel's hair, and he was taken. Why do I say this? Because everything that happened with Jesus will happen with His body also, and those that are a part of His body are those that are His chosen remnant, that category that will prepare herself accordingly. This will be for members of heaven. Apostle Paul said, "We are members, uh, and we." are members of heaven and as we are holy that means we have died for our nation died for our nationality the house of our father and for our destructive desires this does not mean that we don't care for our nation or nationality this means that we carry responsibility for our nation and our nationality if until this time we have not died for our nation in the death of the lord jesus christ we depend in Depended on it, but now it depends on us. The nation which in which we live depends on us. In what way? Jesus said, "You are a light to the world," and they depend on us. People who surround us, they depend on us. They don't know about this, but we need to know about this. In what way can we uh, lead them to God? Being, you need to be a light to them. Being a light, and so. This doesn't mean that we don't need to love our nation. We need to love our nation and pray that God save those people in this nation whom He has planned beforehand or whom He foreknew beforehand. Because the entire nation, although we love this nation, will perish because the nation itself has condemned itself. They didn't want to hear the truth. But those who will hear and see the light and follow the light, these will be saved. Time is coming close. And the sunset is beginning to show slowly. People are afraid. When war was happening somewhere else, people weren't afraid. When Syria, there was a war. No one was afraid when Iraq was being. Uh, there was war in Iraq and Libya, but right now people are afraid. Why? Because these are two great powers that have come in con- into conflict. America and Russia have come in conflict with one another. America is using Ukraine, and it's unfortunate. These are two brothers, two Slavic people. They've convinced. Uh, one that they're not and that they're not brothers but enemies and they were successful in convincing them and now they are destroying the one and the other nation my son son says to me uh, the journalist came to me and asked me who who do you support ukrainians or russians and i said you need to tell them you deceivers leave me you are this mass." information, this, uh, news, um, mass media that, that lies and deceives the people. We pray for the one and other nation, and we pray for the nation in which we live in as well. We pray that in these last days, people would be able to see the light. That so if there's no salvation, you live and you'll die. And so if you die, when are you, where are you going to go? Are you thinking about that? People are afraid of war, but are you not afraid? that death will come and uh, will come to you at, in one way or another at some point in your life are you not afraid of what will happen after that but they're not thinking about those things and so we are the happiest people on earth we need to stand higher lift your heads your deliverance is close and so that we as the participants of the body of christ would share with christ the fulfillment of all that is written about him in scripture so that just as him, as it happened with him that we be raptured from this earth and they will accompany us also the saints our, our, our close relatives will be warned we will warn them that we will be taken and they just as elisha accompanied elijah and saw how he went to heaven our close ones will also see as how we will, we will be taken. I'm not talking about non-Christian people. I'm talking about the five unwise virgins, the category of the five unwise virgins who did not timely uh, fill their vessel with oil, did not purchase, did not pay the appropriate price uh, timely, their time and money so that they can uh, purchase this oil. And so we will continue to study our collaboration with the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, who reveals the truth in our heart, what we need to do from our side so that we can receive the right to the power to put off our former way of life, so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. Because this will be the guarantee of our salvation, this will be the testimony this will be that morning star as soon as we receive this promise into our heart we already have this morning star we have this guarantee and so within the implemented by god time god will absolutely will do this work although it tarries, the scriptures say wait for it it will still happen it will occur to put off our former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self, created by God in true righteousness and holiness, Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. <clears throat> and so, this is a surprising calling of every child of God that comes to God. This is our calling. Our calling is not to be a pastor, not to be an apostle, or something else, evangelist, Singer, it's not important what title. Our calling is to put off our former way of life, to renew our mind with the spirit of our mind, and to clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ, to uh, enthrone the power of incorruption in our body. The rest, uh, it's by the measure of faith within the body of Christ you can do the work. As in our physical body, every cell, every everything works w- together in unity and harmony each one of us at, to what god has called us and so if i think that my calling is to be an apostle yeah it may be there but actually if i don't fulfill this calling if i let this go then i will perish i will perish if i will think that my calling is to be an apostle apostleship my calling, just as yours, is to put off our former way of life, to renew our mind with the spirit of our mind, and to clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ. And to fulfill this decree and commandment, we need to put three de- destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. And these are to put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three destiny impacting, commanding, and fun- fundamental requirements will determine whether we transform ourselves into vessels of mercy or vessels of wrath how will we uh, how we uh, behave when it comes to these three will determine whether we then are transformed into vessels of ver- mercy or vessels of wrath or more specifically will our salvation happen that is given to us in the format of a seed which identifies the deposit or guarantee of our justification in the given to us salvation where we need to turn the three above mentioned acts into profit in the death of the Lord Jesus, so that in salvation uh, it can then become our possession. The salvation then become our possession in the format of the fruit of righteousness. Otherwise, we will forever lose the justification that we has been given to us in the format of the deposit or the format of a guarantee. And so, if we don't find the means, that we can use to purchase our salvation then we will lose the guarantee the deposit in a particular format we already looked at the process that was contained in the first two components and i've been studying the process of the study of the third requirement what conditions do we need to fulfill so that by the means of an already renewed mind we can begin the process of closing ourselves into the power of the glory of our new person that is created according to God in Christ Jesus in righteousness and Holy Truth everything that God does he does using our renewed mind and even when our mind is not renewed God still does all the work using our mind as we know and we see this further relevant to this we stop to study We've been studying a sufficient amount of uh, allegories and have been studying the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David where the Holy Spirit, with the wisdom and authority that he alone has, reveals the demands according to which we are called to collaborate our faith prayer with the name of God, El Yon, <clears throat> or God Most High. David turns to God and calls him God El Yon or God Most High. And this condition consists in us calling upon the Most High as to our God and proclaiming the faith of our heart when we are in the circumstances of our tight situation, casting off of our old man. And so when we call upon, when we cast off of ourselves our old man, this is the most difficult time of our life when we think that God has abandoned us, when that we are within chains of our lusts and we can't get out of them it's it would seem you you, you're in a dark and very misunderstood place and so for us to call upon the most highest to our God and proclaim the faith of our heart stating who God is to us in Jesus Christ we need to know who he is to us what God has done for us in Jesus Christ everything that God does he does in Jesus Christ who we are to God in Jesus Christ and what do we need to do so that we can inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ and so we note that the given allegory is one of the most powerful and voluminous examples demonstrating the collaboration of our renewed mind as King David with the name of God Most High together with the God, with God Most High and their violent conflict with our carnal mind in the form of King Saul and also with governing sin as our old person with his deeds three kings in one body and they battle they're in conflict with one another and they war to take possession of our body and this field of battle is our heart and so therefore the prayer psalm of David contains three parts where we see demonstrated an example of the character of our legitimate prayer belonging to kings priests and prophets And the first part identifies the state of our heart and the heart of David as a warrior in prayer, which is the required basis for the legitimate status of our prayer that is intrinsic to kings, priests, and prophets. second part opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer itself. Our prayer cannot be brought to God from an uh, altar. If there is no altar, uh, the state... Uh, is the altar, the goals that are within, what goal do we pursue? That's the altar. If we are trying to pursue the calling that God has for us, then our altar is correct, it is sanctified and upon it we can bring our prayers, our, our offerings. The second part opens up this consistency of legitimate prayer itself which belongs to kings, priests and prophets which gives God the proper basis to deliver us in the image of David from the hands of all of our enemies just as he delivered David. David wrote the psalm when God delivered him from the hands of all of his enemies including Saul. The third part illustrates the per battle itself. It contains an epic genre which is beyond the limitation of of the typical human mind of man. When we study this aspect then we will be studying what God does at this time when we proclaim the faith of our heart. at this, what does God do during this time? How He uh, brings and activates all of the angelic hierarchies when all of Hell shakes, that we don't see the unseen world is begins to to activate. And so, if the world is shaking, it's God is defending our bodies. And so people think they war for specific valuables, but the scriptures don't say that. The scriptures say that God is defending our bodies and has allowed wars. And so, what the nations are sowing, they also are reaping. We already studied the first part and have been studying the second part, which opens up the consistency of legitimate prayer in the eight names of God Most High. Getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David in the eight names of God allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy of praise who is worthy of praise so that he can be saved from his enemies and god getting to know and confessing the truth that opens up the power of his names within the heart of david provided god with a legitimate basis to use the power contained in the capabilities of his names in battle against the enemies of david and before i read the psalm and we proclaim together the names i want to first uh calm our hearts because each one of us have questions is it possible this wealth that is so uh, expansive that is so great so uh, uh, to keep all of these in our mind we say it's impossible we don't even know that we have our spirit that everything that we hear and what we agree with it is put into our spirit and in the time needed necessary for us the spirit will give this and we will use it to protect ourselves you don't need to worry our mind is too limited for this i oftentimes will uh, bring the example there is a owner of a house our spirit is uh, limitless uh, pretty much safe, or, or or a place where where informations put and when something needed it will immediately produce it it will it will be brought from there into our mind when we need it when you have items that you use every day you keep them close but there are things that you use maybe once a year where do you keep them you keep them somewhere further away Uh, it's the same thing here promises that are not to happen at this time they are somewhere far but they are there but what is necessary uh, today to fulfill the statutes those commandments so that when the feast happens we can take the promise that is then laying it away safely don't be afraid people often come to me and they fe- seem very helpless saying pray f- to me for me f- uh pastor I can't keep all this in my mind and so I tell you you have your spirit and this is the wealth of wisdom and knowledge and you could put it there God gave, made our spirit in his likeness uh, and you can put as much information there as you as you want and when your heart is burning for the truth and you're accepting it and you love it that means it's been put into your into your spirit I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have co- and I have been saved from my enemies. Psalm 18:1 through four. And so all of us together, let us proclaim who God is to us in Jesus Christ. Lord, you are my strength. Lord you are my rock. Lord you are my fortress. Lord you are my deliverer. Lord you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord you are my shield. Lord you are the horn of my salvation. Lord you are my stronghold. May the Lord confirm this for us in our spirit, in our heart and may he make them immovable within us and because of the words we've proclaimed in time may the Lord transform our bodies from corrupt into incorrupt as much as the Lord has allowed and according to the measure of our faith we already studied our inherited lot in Christ Jesus in the power of five names of God strength rock fortress deliver, and living rock and stopped to study our un- unsearchable inherited lot in Christ Jesus contained in the name of God who is our living shield. Getting to know the 8 names of God which identify God's covenant with us is a strategic teaching which has purpose to be the calling of every warrior in prayer once that have the virtue of kings, priests and prophets who are anointed to rule over the earthly body. When I say this, I want us to understand that people with a controlling spirit do not inherit the kingdom of heaven pray that God reveal to you if you have a controlling spirit do you have control over your earthly body or are you trying to take control of the body of your wife or husband instead you need to understand there's control there's regular communication and there's control And so sometimes uh, you see this control, and the other party takes the obligation of the other one uh, or role. It's convenient for husbands who have controlling wives, but try to take upon yourself responsibility for your wife that has a controlling spirit and pray for her that God give her the ability to see that. And don't obey her, even if there will be conflict, if she begins to demand from you, thinks that she has no right to demand from you, and the opposite as well. Husbands, when they begin to control their wives, they, and don't behave with her properly, then the wife doesn't need to obey foolish commands. If you don't agree, if you see something that's unwise, you don't need to agree with it. If it's wise, but you don't see it as wise, you don't need to agree with it. And so either you or your or your husband or you, both of you, go into your own rooms and pray and say, Lord, I'm not clear about what my husband needs from me or my wife needs from me. If I'm wrong, reveal that to me. If she's wrong or he's wrong, reveal it to me, to them uh... and you'll see the Lord will uh... talk to you you don't need to turn to special vessels that they so called vessels god will answer any of your uh, questions you can come to the Lord and say Lord what do i do i'm in a diff- difficult situation even in simple things materialistic things or whatever it may be i don't know what decision to make you have wisdom and i have uh, wisdom in my spirit but i need understanding of how to do this or that and then wait some time and you will see the desire will come god will use your desire by your your want or desire he will prompt you upon the condition of course that you'll be pure before god and neutral and you'll approach god neutrally in this in any situation If a person has not accepted the given to him anointing to govern over his calling, which is his mortal body, in the status of a king, priest, and prophet, so that he can change it into the virtue of a heavenly body, then this revelation that is purposed for worshiping God in prayer will not benefit him in any way, because due, to his stiff neck, he has refused the given given to him uh, by God at calling to save his soul so that he can adopt his body by the truth that is contained in the redemption of Christ. The name of God, in the virtue of our living shield, is presented in scripture as a living protection that is ranked in scripture for warriors in prayer as their military armor or their military weaponry. The purpose of such a shield is called by God to block us and protect us as warriors in prayer who battle for the interests of the will of God against all enemies within our body as well as outside of our body as well as prompt a fight or enmity between ourselves and our enemy so that we can overthrow him and take back the property that belongs to us Genesis 3 15 and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel
2: Genesis
1: 3.15 They will not be able to bruise uh, bruise our head God will protect our head And we see that it is God that puts enmity between us and our enemies To understand that the enemy has taken hold He has, he's possessing or controlling territory that belongs to us People don't want a battle They say, oh, what I have is enough for me but god is angry when you do this he wants that all of the aspects of our life be freed from the power of darkness all of the areas all aspects of us and these uh, will be one after the other when the enemy will pursue us when we will be freeing ourselves from him to he'll be pursuing us to take us back to slavery the name of god the virtue of a living shield will immediately stand between us and our enemies that by doing so he can take the hits upon himself of the vile curse that has been passed on to us by the corrupt seed of the sinful life of our fathers in the flesh. And the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. So it came between the camp of the Egyptians and the camp of Israel. Thus it was a cloud and darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that the one did not come near the other all that night, Exodus 14, 19, 20. And so God will always stand between us and our enemies upon the condition that we will leave the Egypt of our soul. We will no longer obey corruption, lusts, passions that are trying to force us, push us when we stop listening to them and start distancing ourselves from them, then he will try to pursue you, and then God will stand between your lust and you. And you'll say, Well, how do you come out of that? Uh, first, you need to sanctify yourself, anoint uh, the doorposts and lintel with blood of the Lamb. You need to repent so that the blood of the covenant can cleanse. Your heart, my heart, and after that, come out of Egypt. That means I sometimes advise people. People say, "I can't. I keep coming back to." And I watch pornography. I, I'll wait. I'll not do it for three weeks, and then I go back to it. And so I tell, them, "Well, try to do it 40 days. Don't watch." And so. If you won't do something, say for uh, take 40 days, you will then become free of it. And so, when he comes tra- back to pursue you, God will then uh, intervene in that situation upon the condition that for 40 days you won't be doing it, and you will commit that. And you'll say, "Well, what do I do?" Start listening to the word Word of God, sing psalms, pray in tongues, go outside, run, take a jog. And so, I told a, a, a gentleman. He said, "I don't know what to do. My wife isn't home. I, I have uh, needs, uh, intimate needs."
2: And so I told him to uh, uh,
1: work with the Bible. I told him take time and just practice with the Bible. And he totally misunderstood it and was uh, running around jogging thinking that he needs to, he completely misunderstood what I was telling him that he needed to train his mind with the Bible instead of uh, doing physical exercises and so uh, therefore the quality and lexicon and identifying the name of God shield and with the previous names of God most high is not able to be found in any dictionary of the world so to be our living shield so that he can take upon himself the hits of the vile curse that pursues us by the sinful seed of our fathers this is to protect and block us from the wrath of God protect and block us from the deception of the evil one protect and block us from the evil and slanderous tongue he will have no power you won't care when he speaks there's a time when the slanderous tongue would literally kill me I would walk for months uh, shattered, and surprised, and in shock, and asked the Lord, how can you... such deception, such accusation, coming from the mouth of people, members of the church, literally uh, lies and deception, and I was surprised until God taught me and clothed me into his safety. And so now I absolutely don't care who says what, how they say it. what kind of names they call me. I absolutely don't care what they say. I only rejoice. I just began rejoicing because it no longer affects me. I'm protected. And so it's important that the shield will be from the slanderous tongue. It will protect and block us from the curse of all nature of illness. It will protect and block us from the curse of poverty. And protect and block us from the curse of untimely death. And protect us from the sinful life that was passed on to us from our fathers. Considering such a necessary tandem or such a union of God with man, it becomes vital for us to determine in each aspect of our essence the role of God and the role of man. And for this purpose, as with the previous names of God called to be the lot of our salvation, it is necessary for us to study four classical questions which will help us to get to know the essence of our inheritance in the name of God's shield so that. We can provide God with legitimate grounds. He needs to use his name in battle for the adoption of our body. According to scripture, what are the identifications and qualities of the name of God and the purpose of his glorious name shield? What purpose being in the role of our protector did God allocate for himself? And what role has he placed upon us? what conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that he needs to allow us to take part in the unsearchable inheritance of his name in the virtue of a living shield of our faith and by what signs to examine ourselves as to whether we are truly collaborating our faith with the faith of God in the virtue of his name shield we will remember that all of the acts of god relating to his protection are called to happen by collaborating our faith with the faith of god where we see the role of god in the function of our helper and our role the role of man in the function of the responsible party and we see these clearly identified and outlined this means that until we fulfill our role identified in the three above mentioned acts god will not have any legitimate basis to fulfill his role so that he can destroy the stronghold of death in our body and replace it with the erection of the stronghold of life. Not having clear and exhaustive responses to these questions, which we are able to receive exclusively by being instructed in faith, we will not have any opportunity to turn our silver to profit in the form of the existing in us deposit of salvation so that we can receive our salvation as a possession in the fruit of our spirit that is grown in the Eden of our our spirit. For all of the promises of God in Him are yes, and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. 2 Corinthians 1.20, Apostle Paul writes this uh, place, and so often these words, through us, is, is dismissed. Everything through Jesus, in Jesus, and why do we need to go any further? No, it turns out that we can't receive anything in Jesus and... Uh, through Jesus, without apostles, why? Because God has pa- Jesus passed on His mandate. Jesus said, "As the Father has sent Me, I send you. Whom you uh, forgive sins, they will be forgiven. Whom you retain sins upon, they will be retained." Therefore, without the collaboration of our faith with the powers contained in the name of God, shield concealed in our heart, we will not be able to please God, as it is written. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him hebrews 11:6. without the collaboration of our faith with the faith of god we can't please god and so when this is not explained people don't understand without what faith can we not please god because god's faith is is the general and our faith is the is the warrior the soldier we obey our faith to god's faith god's faith is information that comes from listening to the word of god faith is from hearing In a specific format, we already looked at the first two questions and have been studying question three. What conditions do we need to fulfill to provide God with the proper foundation that He needs to allow us to partake in the unsearchable inheritance of His name in the virtue of a living shield of our faith? four of the components of the price giving god the legitimate foundation that he needs to allow us to partake in the unsearchable inheritance of his name shield have already been subjects we've studied and we stopped to study the fifth component of the price i will shortly remind us of the previous four and we will continue to study the fifth one first component of the price consists in fulfilling the condition giving us the ability to worship the heavenly father in spirit and in truth Second component of the price consists in the condition to accept the Gadites who came to us in the wilderness to demonstrate for us the power of the name of God in the virtue of our living shield. Third component of the price consists in fulfilling the condition of obtaining a righteous heart before God. Fourth component of the price consists in walking before God. And to walk before God, you need to, of course, pay an appropriate price and for... The fifth component of the price consists in the price uh, fulfilling the condition to have hope upon God and upon His word. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in Him. And so accordingly, we conclude that God is a living shield only for those saints who have hope upon God and upon His word. We need to ask the question, what conditions do we need to fulfill? or what price do we need to pay to have living hope upon God and upon His Word? We've noted that hope is a strong and immovable foundation upon which we are called to hope or to put our hope upon so that we can build ourselves into a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. And this hope needs to consist in our heart. of uh, This is all the oath promises of God combined that Received by us in the format of the seed of the preached word about the kingdom of heaven We conclude that such hope is always linked to waiting for what is unseen Or being patient in waiting for the fulfillment of what is not seen Exclusively within the implemented by God time The Lord of which is God The absence of hope in the heart of a person Indicates the absence of understanding or knowledge in the heart Of who God is to us in Jesus Christ Who we are to God in Jesus Christ by the fact of our birth from God, and what we need to do, we also, so what do we need also to do to inherit all that God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and so having the absence of hope in our heart, we will be destroyed by God. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also will reject you from being priest to me because you, you have forgotten the law of your God. I also will forget your children, Hosea 4, six. Here it means that children are those promises that we have received into our heart. And these are our children. We have received them and we have begun to grow them. But here it's talking about uh, hope, knowledge. And so knowledge is linked to hope. It gives knowledge about who got us to us. We more than once paid attention to the fact that the ignorance of man is linked to the absence of hope in his heart. And it is not just a lack of knowledge of the faith, teaching, or an untested type of innocence. This is an always outward refusal of wholesome truth, the benefit of personal interpretation of the reasonable abilities of our carnal mind who resist the implemented by God order. Therefore, hope that abides in the heart of man in the virtue of the collection of all of the oath promises of God is an unexhaustive potential of God that abides in the heart of a good person. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Luke 6.45 We know that a good person is a person that brings forth good hope upon God and upon his word from his righteous heart. Considering this principle, we turn to some defining acts by which we can examine how the soil of our heart, that is, that in its nature and by its definition is evil, can become the good treasury of hope upon God and upon His Word. Four components that identified the presence of the good potential of our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word, by which we can judge that the soil of our heart was changed from evil to good, has already been subjects of our study, and I will remind us of the first, these first four. The first component of the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word consists in knowing the truth about the blood of the cross of Christ, which is called to cleanse our conscience from dead works to make us able to serve the living and true God. Second component of the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word consists in the good seed that is re- that is received into the good soil of our heart, consisting of the promise of the kingdom of heaven in the form of the, of the stronghold of life, which provides God with legitimate grounds to be our living shield. Third component of the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon his word consists in our partaking to the glorious inheritance of the saints and exceeding, exceeding greatness of God's power in us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Such partaking to the glorious inheritance of the saints provided God with legitimate grounds that he needs to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. Fourth component of the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon his word consists, consists that by the means of a better hope we draw near to God by the way, new way who is Jesus Christ who leads us to God. Fifth component in identifying the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word, transforming the soil of our heart from evil to good, is building our heart into the salt of the covenant, which is the fruit of holiness within our heart, which provides God with legitimate grounds to be our living shield, taking upon Himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Matthew 5.13 I shall shortly explain these things that we more than once have heard. To be the salt means to be a Nazarite or to to consecrate your dedication to God, to sanctify yourself, to keep yourself from idols, keep yourself from being defiled by the dead, grow hair on your head which means acknowledge over yourself God's authority God's messengers and not drink wine and strong drinks or beverages Mm. this is what it means to be salt we need to keep in mind that to be salt and to consecrate your dedication to God it is necessary to be holy by the fact of your origination from the family of God which means to grow from the root of holiness or be born from the seed of the word of truth he who is unjust let him be unjust still he who is filthy let him be filthy still he who is righteous let him be righteous still if you imagine an unrighteous person doing righteous deeds how will God look at this he will see these as evil works because he himself is not righteous he can't perform righteousness <clears throat> But people are doing this. They have the look of godliness, have rejected its power. A, for example, a bear can't uh, bear another creature or a serpent can't uh, bear a dove, for example. This can't happen. Only the righteous can be righteous still and holy, let him be holy holy still. And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give to everyone according to his work. and so I sometimes ask uh, religious people who call themselves Episcopals pastors and so forth brothers are you holy and they say no we are not yet holy are you righteous no we're not yet righteous we're not rejecting it we are striving to be righteous and holy but I ask them how is it you strive if you are not righteous or holy How can you become righteous and holy? One of them says, you have to be so arrogant to think that you're righteous and holy. And I told them, what ignorance you need to have to not count yourself righteous and holy. Tell me, are you born from God? They say yes. So I asked them, how is it a holy and righteous God can bear an unrighteous and unholy child? Just like I say, <clears throat> a, a bear can't uh, bear another creature and an animal uh, And so you how can you being unholy, how can you do good works? You need to be born from God first, and when you're born from God, then you receive justification freely by grace and the redemption of Christ. Holy is belonging to God, born from God. And all who have received Jesus Christ are people who have received freely their justification are righteous and holy by the fact of their birth. And so now they need to grow this fruit of righteousness and perform righteous works and sanctify. They need to consecrate their, their dedication, they need to separate from the world, separate from their nation, the house of their father, and from their destructive desires. And so the holy, let him be holy still. <clears throat> that means uh, forget that your nation your father's house house and the king will desire your beauty and so it's not possible to become righteous and holy by doing works of righteousness we become righteous and holy by the fact of our birth from God which is why we then as righteous men are able to perform righteousness and as holy men we're able to sanctify ourselves or be salt but as many as received him to them he gave them the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of god john 1 12
2: 13
1: <laughs> If a person receiving salvation in the format of a deposit or guarantee will not turn the silver of his salvation to profit so that he can graft himself to the root of holiness and in this way confirm his origination from God, then he will lose his salvation and will not be able to be salt so that he can sanctify himself. Therefore, hope that does not have salt in itself or that is not grafted to the roots of holiness is not able to be called or or to be hope. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, Our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, say to the bones, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. Then you shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you will you will live, and I will place you in your own land. <clears throat> then you shall know that I am the Lord, have spoken it, and performed it, says the Lord. Ezekiel 37, 11-14. This prophecy is a metaphor where the promises of god that are received in the heart in the format of hope upon god and upon his word were buried in the death of the lord jesus that's what it says here which is why our heart has become a cemetery upon which the bones of our hope upon the promises of god have been buried if we reject the hope that is in christ jesus and broke off of the olive tree that we were grafted to suffering shipwreck in our faith then our heart would not be able to be a cemetery upon which the bones of our hope are buried it would just have become an idol house for idols and demons that support these idols therefore when these promises are there then that means that we are children of God it's not possible promises are given in the form of a seed and they die in the death of the Lord Jesus and these are bones the promises these are these bones the bones of our children that is our promises and God said I will put spirit in them I will bring them out of their graves your heart will no longer be a cemetery for my promises when in the resurrection of Christ therefore when we turn the deposit of our silver of our salvation to profit in the death of our Lord Jesus in the form of format of our hope upon God and upon his word God will resurrect our hope in the resurrection of Jesus our hope is there's a great field of bones an innumerable amount of promises and they shall rise as a great nation in the resurrection therefore we will we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father even so we also should walk in newness of life and so if in death these promises died the seed needs to die then even so we so we also should walk in newness of life for if we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection and and so the promises need to be buried because the old man needs to die we die together with all these things and in the resurrection god will raise us the old man will remain in the death and we will rise with our with the promises that were dead for we have been united together in the likeness of his death certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection knowing this that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with that we should no longer be slaves of sin for he who has died has been freed from sin Romans 6 4 through 7. The salt of the covenant presented in the format of holiness in the death of the Lord Jesus is the atmosphere or midst in which we die for our nation, the house of our Father, and for the corrupt desires of our soul, together with the seed of the received by us hope, which provides God with the ability to unite us in the likeness of the resurrection of Christ. If you paid attention, in scripture salt as it is was always applied or used during this offering of a sacrifice by symbolizing our death in the death which symbolizes our death in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and that every offering of your grain offering you shall season with salt you shall not allow the salt of the covenant of your God to be lacking from your grain offering with all your offerings you shall offer salt Leviticus 2 13 an offering is a prayer upon an altar And so the altar is when we pursue God's will. Jesus revealing to his disciples the mystery in the function of salt during the sacrifice offering said that the holiness of God presented in the salt of the covenant is the fire of holiness seasoning us when we present our body a living sacrifice wholly acceptable to God for our reasonable service to God. For everyone will be seasoned with fire and every sacrifice will be seasoned with salt. Salt is a good thing, but if the salt loses its flavor, how will you season it? Have a salt in yourselves and have peace with one another Mark 94950 Looking at this we conclude that if our heart if in our heart the imperishable and, unse- and unsearchable potential of hope upon God and upon his word will not be salted with the fire of the Holy Spirit, we will lose the incorrupt or imperishable potential of our hope which is why we will then also experience shipwreck in our faith and our heart will be turned into an idol house for idols and demons who support these idols first salt which seasons with its fire the offering upon the altar of the Lord always symbolizes the Holy Spirit without the presence of which no offering is able to obtain favor before God and so the Holy Spirit salt of holiness the Holy Spirit is present in the salt because he is holy and holiness is presented in salt there are other uh, components also in the, in the in the offering of the sacrifice but salt always needed to always needed to be used and present when you have finished cleansing it you shall offer a young bull without blemish and a ram from the flock without blemish when you offer them before the Lord the priest shall throw salt on them and they will offer them up as a burnt offering to the Lord Ezekiel 43 23 24 and so for it to be holy or to demonstrate the fact that the Holy Spirit is present prayer without the Holy Spirit not being filled with the Holy Spirit not within the Holy Spirit is not accepted by God when you offer Your sacrifice it needs to be within the Holy Spirit. There needs to be the holiness of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit separates immediately the unclean from clean, holy from unholy. Second, not having in yourself salt that would season the incorrupt potential of our hope, we will never be able to come to power over the members of our body so that we can give them as slaves of righteousness. Should you not know that not know that the Lord God of Israel gave the dominion over Israel to David forever to him and his sons by a covenant of salt 2nd Chronicles thirteen five. We are called to govern over our body David was given The ability to dominate or to rule over Israel by the covenant of salt and to rule over your body We are able to rule by the covenant of salt if we have in ourselves salt Third, not possessing within yourself the holiness of salt, identifying the fear of the Lord within your heart, because the salt of holiness is the fear of the Lord in the form of wisdom, we will not have the ability to know how we should answer all who require a response. L- let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Colossians 4 6 not being salt you will not have legitimate grounds upon which you can honor God with holy things so that in this way we confirm that we are the holiness of the Lord all the heave offerings of the holy things which the children of Israel offer to the Lord I have given to you and your sons and daughters with you as an ordinance forever it is a covenant of salt forever before the Lord with you and your descendants with you numbers 1819 to be able to confirm yourself and that you are holy When you honor God with tithes and offerings, you also need to have the presence of salt, the salt of holiness. Fifth, not having within yourself the holiness of salt, the teaching of hope in the form of water that gives drink to our land, will be bad. Which is why our land, in the form of the soil of our heart, will then remain fruitless or without fruit. Then the men of the city said to Elisha, please notice the situation of the city. This was Jericho. Jericho, meaning the City of Righteousness. Please notice the situation of the city is pleasant, as my Lord sees. Geographically, it is well uh, laid out, but the water is bad and the ground barren. Because the water is bad, the ground is barren. And he said, bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the source of the water and cast in the salt there, and said, Thus is the Lord, I have healed this water, from it there shall no more be death or barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day according to the word of Elisha, which he spoke, 2 Kings 2, 19 22. Bring me, he said a new bowl. Why was this righteousness not good? Because it was from the law. Why did God destroy Jericho? Because it was righteousness from the law. It was a symbol of righteousness from the law. It needed to be destroyed. And so it was necessary. A new person, a new bowl was needed for this. And put salt in it, he said. The new person has salt in himself. And he put through this salt into the source of the water and the waters were healed. Summing up the purpose and function of salt contained in our hope upon God and upon his word, we conclude that if our hope does not have salt in itself, God will not have any legitimate grounds upon which he can be a living shield for us, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies who are both in our body as well as out of our body. This gives God the legitimate uh, basis to be our shield as we've noted sixth component in identifying the good potential in our heart in the form of our hope upon God and upon His Word turning the soil of our heart from evil to good is our ability which consists in our calling to be a light which uh, it says here Matthew 5 14 through 16 you are light of the world A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden nor Do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in in heaven. This light comes from holiness, from salt. The good works that are not able to be seen as you would see light most likely would tell us that we do not have a good heart. And furthermore, we don't then have the midst or the atmosphere in in which or into which we would be able to place the imperishable and unsearchable potential of hope containing the combination of all of the present promises of God, which then deprives God of any legitimate basis. He would need to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies, that are both living inside of our body as well as those living out of our body. Good works are such works, the wellspring of which is God, that represent exclusively the interests of the will of God. Now may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you, that what is well-pleasing to his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Hebrews 13, 20- 20 21 Good works, which are a candle in a house and a light for the world, identifying within our heart the unsearchable potential of hope upon the Word of God, are deeds that are done by God, with God, and for God. And in in our opinion, any in our opinion good works, the initiator of which is not the Holy Spirit, but rather our flesh, are evil works, be it evangelism, practicing gifts of the Holy Spirit, or our own good deeds. You can even give your life you can give away all your possessions but if god didn't prompt if god didn't prompt you to do this but your flesh then this will be a great evil uh as ananias if you remember they were millionaires within that time but they left for themselves maybe a million or whatever it was and they brought many millions and god killed them they're on the spot why because they did it to have success, to have some kind of image before other men, they saw that Barnabas—he was also a fairly wealthy man, millionaire. He sold everything and gave it all. And at the time, they gave all because the congregation lived, and they were all uh, together, and they shared from the same uh, spring, as it were. It was the first church that came together, and and then I saw that he had great success but he he gave most of it but not everything but yet he claimed that he gave everything
2: and
1: so he claimed that he gave everything and deceived the people and so was this a good work of course it wasn't and so good works <clears throat> which are not a true light for the world they are not able to present the unsearchable potential of hope within our heart in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was in the beginning with God and all things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it John 1 1 through 5 here it's It was light for men when this light, it's light for men when it's put into you. When you receive the truth into your heart, then it is a light. In the original, in the Greek language, the first four phrases, the words, uh, where it says in the beginning was the word, was logos. This was the unsearchable potential that God possesses. Further, uh, if you keep re- reading the where it's mentioning word, this is now rhema, which is the seed of the word. This is the act of God's faith that carries within itself the program of eternal life. And so to see how the thought of God demonstrates itself in the seed of the word of God that contains the eternal life of God or the program of it, the eternal life of God and demonstrates itself in the life of life of light of life for men, Men whom God has uh, foreknown before that before time began, I will bring forth a more expanded or elaborated version of this place of Scripture. In the beginning was the informational program in the form of a thought, and this thought was with God and identified the might of the inner, unsearchable potential of God.
2: The
1: thought of God identified the essence of God, and in the beginning was under the governance of God. All things were made through the thought of God that was transformed into the Word of God, and without the Word that came out of the mouth of God, nothing was made that was made. In the Word of God that comes out of the mouth of God was eternal life, and this eternal life that was expressed in the words coming out of the mouth of God was the light of men, And the light of eternal light that comes out of the mouth of God shines in the darkness, devouring darkness, and darkness did not comprehend it. It's talking about inside of us and not just in the world, abstractly. The world doesn't see this light. To be a a candle in the house and a light to the world by the means of doing good works is to believe in the one whom God has sent, which upon practice means to be obedient to the word of the person whom God has placed then they said to him what shall we do that we may work the works of God what do we do to do the works of God and Jesus answered and said to them this is the work of God that you believe in him in him whom he sent that you obey the one whom God has sent not someone you elect but whom God has sent John 6 29 and so collaborating our faith with the faith of God presented to us in the preached word of the person whom God has placed is possible only when you have hope that demonstrates itself in the work of God, in in God's works, which is which is a light, uh, or a lamp, a candle in the house, and a light for the world, which gives God the ability to be our living shield, taking upon himself the hits that are directed thus by our enemies. The reason why God, for many, is not able to be a living shield, taking the hits upon himself is because the light that is in us is darkness. It's talking about such a nature of darkness that in a a specific time, for a specific time, is the lot of every individual person who is born from the seed of the Word of Truth. All of us have the light in the beginning, but it's in the form of darkness. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, And the earth was without form. In the original, it says wasn't built in the void and dark, and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And so the earth was all water. There was no so-called earth. It was in water in minerals, and the minerals made up the earth. And it was darkness all around, as we see here. And the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, "Let there be light." And there was light. Why did God speak? Because the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Genesis 1, 1 through 5. When the guarantee of our salvation that is given to us in the salvation of the kingdom of heaven will be for us grown into the fruit of the tree of life. It will become then our possession. Then our uh, candle will be... We will be a candle then in our house and a light for the world. And we will be able then control the storms that are within our essence and our day and night. Because these great lights were created in the fourth day. There was light already present, but the light that was present was darkness until the great lights were created. Somehow the unsearchable potential of our hope upon God and upon His Word that are opened up in the light of life and opened up in our heart are somehow linked to our earthly wealth as well. Because our uh, behavior when it comes to these two masters will determine which one we obey. Matthew 6, 19 25, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth <clears throat> where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart is also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If, therefore, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other. Again, you can't serve two masters, which we were talking about, wealth of, uh, wealth that is of the world and wealth of heaven. For either he, uh, he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is, is life more than food and the body, more than clothing. Matthew six nineteen 19 through 25. And so if a person is bound by money or dependent on money, he is a light then, but light, light that is darkness. He doesn't have these two great lights. Uh, he's not able to be a candle in a house and cannot be a light to the world and this means that he does not have hope living hope in himself he hasn't grown it from the seed this hope in the form of God's promises has not died in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ and so as it has not died he's not able to use it we can use only the fruits When the seed dies, it is grown, it bears fruit, then we're able to use this hope. And so to be a candle in the house and a light for the world is to be constant in good work, seeking God's glory, honor and uh, immortality, and seeking the unsearchable potential
2: in
1: God and in His Word. Which gives God then the ability to be our living shield, taking upon Himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies. Romans two six through eight, who will render to each one according to his deeds eternal life to those who by who by patient patient continuance in doing good doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those, and so again, patient continuance. When you're doing a good work, you're seeking what? You're seeking when people do good work what are they seeking they want others to talk about them often to convince someone with something good you do for uh, uh, but when they do this patient continuance inpatient continuance they do this good work they seek glory honor and immortality they seek Christ in themselves but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath.
2: Fulfilling the
1: condition of seeking glory, honor, and immortality will allow us, then, to have God be our shield, taking upon himself the hits directed at us by our enemies. When it's talking about this nature of continuation in good work, this is when a person is seeking continually uh, glory, honor, and immortality in God and in His Word. We need to understand where we need to seek them and what means we need to use to seek them. Our seeking is not evangelism or rebuking of demons or practicing of spiritual gifts or materialistic prosperity but the seeking of imperishable virtues that identify first the unearthly glory of god giving us weight upon the scales of god's justice so that clothing into earthly glory we not end up like uh, end up light like king belshazzar to tell you you have been weighed in the in the balances and found wanting Daniel five twenty seven, and so unearthly glory is weight. We're talking about uh, we're talking about heavenly uh, glory here. Glory is heaviness, weight, confession of the faith of God, to correspond, to be proportionate to, acknowledging power to the right to enter the sanctuary. Second, seeking unearthly honor that is called to become our possession in Christ and with Christ means. Nevertheless the solid foundation of God stands having this seal The Lord knows those who are his And let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity But in the great house there is not only vessels of gold and silver But also of wood and clay Some for honor and some for dishonor Therefore if anyone cleanses himself from the latter He will be a vessel of honor Sanctified and useful for the master prepared for every good work 2 Timothy 2, 19-21, I shall remind us that in the new heaven and new earth, there will not be vessels for these other purposes, for dishonorable purposes, wood and clay in heaven, but on in the, in the church on earth, of course, there are these uh, for dishonorable purposes. If a person hears something negative about someone else, they immediately can't t- help themselves, they start spreading it to someone else calling people. And so what is honor? We need to seek glory, honor, and immortality. Honor is homage, respect, reverence, treasure, worth, price, greatness, virtue, rank, reward, royal diadem, royal garments, and royal horse. And so what honor we need to seek, we need to seek the clothing of our body into the resurrection of Christ. Specifically, the price of total sanctification that pursues total dedication to God will allow us to follow, will keep our vessel of our heart in holiness and honor. That no one should be shaken by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this, in fact we told you before when we were with you that we would suffer tribulation just as it happened and you know for this reason when I could no longer endure it I sent to you your faith lest by some means the temple tempter had tempted you and our labor might be in vain but now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of the faith and love and that you always have good remembrance of us greatly desiring to see us and we also to see you therefore brethren in all our affliction and distress we were comforted concerning you by your faith for now we live if we stand fast in the Lord 1st Thessalonians 3 3 through 8 Proverbs thirteen eighteen poverty and shame will come to him who disdains correction but he who regards a rebuke will be honored. Proverbs twenty seven eighteen whoever keeps the fig tree will eat its fruit so he will who waits on the on his master will be honored. And so who, he who keeps his fig tree, his instructor, his master who waits on his master, his instructor, that's where he can receive these, where he can receive his fru- uh, sweet fruits. And so, what this means is not allow a bad information into your mind about him. And when you hear negative information, immediately uh, part ways with such a person, uh, as they speak these kinds of things against God's messengers. And so, you are then you need to part from such individuals. At the same time. Uh, uh, allowing or accepting instruction gives us the ability to keep our vessel with honor, just as Mordecai, and he was then seated upon the royal horse. So Haman came in, and the king asked him, What shall we do for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, Whom would the king delight to honor more than me and haman answered the king for the man whom the king delights to honor let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn and a horse on which the king has ridden which has a royal crest placed on its head then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of the one whom the king king's most noble prince that he may array the man whom the king delights to honor then parade him on the horse on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor Then the king said to Haman hurry take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gates leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken so Haman took the robe and the horse arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, thus shall be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. Esther six six through
3: eleven,
1: an ama- amazing event that speak of the f- of what will happen with us. Mordecai is our new person, and Am- uh, Haman he is our soul. And who can uh, proclaim and clothe our mind can? Our mind, is, uh, through our mind, are we able to proclaim who we are in Jesus Christ, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, and kill then this Haman so that he resurrect in a new way, in a new form, and no longer be evil, because he desired to do evil to Mordecai. And so to perform uh, the written uh, judgment over the nations is an honor that belongs to his saints. Let the saints be joyful in glory, let them sing aloud on their beds, let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two edged sword in their hand, to execute vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron, to execute a on them the written judgment this honor have all his Saints praise the Lord and so this is talking about salt holiness if we don't have holiness the salt of holiness will not be able to then perform righteous judgment third and seek immortality for our mortal body and our mortal soul means for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality so when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory first Corinthians 15 53 54 <clears throat> this is what we need to seek glory honor and immortality. specifically have continually seeking glory honor and immortality in good work that where our all our mind is focused and our means are focused we can then identify and open up the uh, imperishable and unsearchable potential of hope that abides in our heart and also the true good work that becomes then a candle in a house and a light to the world and so summing up the purpose of the function of light and the function of our hope upon God and upon His word if our hope will not have Light, God will not have any ability to be for us a living shield, taking upon Himself the hits that are directed at us by our enemies that are within our body as well as out of our body. Amen. Let us bend our knees and pray in our heads, and we will thank God for that word, for this hope that He has given to us in Jesus Christ and His oath promises. That we are able to obtain by the salt of the covenant. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you that together with your saints, we can bend our heads and we can pro praise your glorious name. Thank you for all of the promises in my heart that used to be a cemetery for them, but now all of these promises are resurrected and have risen as a great army of Israel I thank you that you have done this not just in me but in all your Saints the Saints that hear this word and accept this in in their heart this hope and these promises have resurrected and they live with these promises today they proclaim them and they wait for the fulfillment of them and we thank you for this surprising time Where you begin to do, show the signs of the times that the time has come to lift our heads because our deliverance is close from this mortal body and from the presence of wicked and lawless people whom have filled your churches. May your mercy and your goodness be a blessing for your people now and forever. May in every one of your saints that hear these words of hope all evil be cursed, all illness, all weakness. May from their heart the root of evil be uprooted. May upon their lips. Be this bridle of gentleness, meekness, so that we can proclaim the truth with our mouth that is within our heart. So that you can become a blessing for us. And so that your favor would be able to clothe us. Because your favor is our shield. And you crown your nation with your favor, whom possess your fear and that lives within your fear is filled with the fear of your name we thank you for your Holy Spirit who is the salt of holiness and glory and light within our heart specifically because of him our prayers upon the altar of a burnt offering is brought to you because of him we're able to understand the word that we have put into our heart. May every person be blessed who has received your Holy Spirit to be led by Him, to depend upon Him. Only with Him and independence of Him are we able to come
2: to that
1: goal, to the point of rapture. May you be your glory and mercy be within your nation. May you be lifted up. Although the world is, is captured with sorrow, anger, misunderstanding, hatred. That the world is literally drowning in. Allow your saints to be separated from this hatred. Allow your saints to that they're citizens of heaven and we thank you that we are this way we're citizens of the holy God and so we worry about the church all over the face of the world we pray for the saints that are in this calamity of war in hunger in persecution for the truth be merciful to them Help them. You know how to save them. We pray for them that the fear of war or hunger be overcome. Protect them with your mercy. We together with them worry about them and we believe that according to our prayers you will hear us and you will help them, send them salvation and deliverance. We thank you for the service, for the word that we hear. We worship before you, our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and now let's proclaim our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory